Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You're listening to Faith Seeking Understanding, and I'm your host, John Green. Thanks for being along today. We have uh, a good bit to talk about today. I'm going to try and get through the rest of the genealogy. We've spent our time talking primarily about the women who are in the genealogy because it's such a striking departure from normal, quote-unquote, genealogies. Um, genealogies in the Old Testament never mention the women. They're, ne- they're never even raised at all. And striking, too, is, is sort of the omission of some of the particular women in the line of Jesus, because Sarah, for instance, the wife of Abraham, would have been wildly important. She is um, Abraham's wife, for goodness sakes, and the mother of, of all. And then you get um, Rebecca, who has um, Jacob and Esau, and then you get um, Rachel and Leah, and so we see all these women in there, but but the ones we get are these sort of oddball ones, the ones that, that have a backstory and a history that's different from the rest. And so when we, when we look at those, then we have to see, well, there's some reason Matthew included those, and I hope I've persuaded you why that would be. So then we continue with the, David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and we've talked about her already, that she was Bathsheba. Was, was the name, but frequently in the writings, she is referred to as the wife of Uriah until the birth of Solomon. At the time of the birth of Solomon, she becomes David's wife. The first child that David fathered by, by her was when she was the wife of Uriah, but Solomon, by the time he comes along, he, she, is, she is spoken of as the wife of David. So then we go from that to the, the kingly line, Solomon the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam the father of Abijah, Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father, Asa probably is what that should be, Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, Joram and Uzziah, Uzziah, Jotham, Jotham, Ahaz, Ahaz, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, Manasseh, Manasseh the father of Amos, Amos the father of Josiah, Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. So we're just following the kingly line that comes from David through Solomon and all the way down to Jeconiah, who is the penultimate uh, king who is finally and utterly deposed, and then they're taken into exile from there. So then we get to, we start seeing these other people, and this this last set of names is really an interesting set of names. Frequently, it, what you'll see in um, genealogies in the Old Testament. Um, you'll see it. For instance, the best examples I can give are the um, the lines of Cain and the lines of Seth. They, they have said this before. There, there's some names that are the same in both of those. There, there are some names that are very close to the names of in both lines. And one line shows a trajectory that's downward, ending with a man named Lamech. And so you you see this this problem along the way that that these people get worse and worse you get people like Methushael and Lamech and and these others and and then uh, uh, Lamech had two wives never a good thing name of the one was Ada the other was Zillah Ada had Jabel the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock brother's name was Jubal the father of those who play the lyre and the pipe Zillah also bore Tubalcane the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron that is a euphemism for weapons 
And so the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. And why we get that name? Uh, not really sure, right? So then we get, after that line, it ends with Lamech saying to his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, you wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I've killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain's revenge is sevenfold, then Lamech's is seventy-sevenfold. And so this guy is not a good guy. He's talking about how horrible a guy he is. And so it's gone from all the way down from Cain to Lamech, and and he's saying that that I will be avenged even more so than Cain. But why did Cain have revenge? On what? So there's this whole situation where that line is on this downward trajectory, and then we're told in in the next couple of verses about another son that's born to Adam and Eve, and his name is Seth. And then he ends up with a bunch of children, and we get their entire history, and some of the names there are very much like the names in the Cain line. We get to, instead of Methushael, we have Methuselah. So Enoch, who was one of the most righteous men of all time, he was, he was and then wasn't no more because God took him. And then, so Enoch is the father of Methuselah as compared to Methushael. And then so Enoch walked with God after that for 300 years, and he walked with God and he was not, for God took him. And so the Methuselah, compared to Methushael, lived 187 years, and he had a child, a son, and his name was, well, Lamech. And so then Lamech lives, and then he has a child, and his name is Noah. So there's, there's, a, there's the downward trajectory with this set of names, and then there's the upward trajectory, the righteous trajectory, the redemptive trajectory in in the real line, the line of Seth, which is continued through Noah when the Cain line is completely wiped out. So we see that same kind of thing going on in the rest of this genealogy from Matthew, this time after the um, exile. Because after that, what we get is Jeconiah was the father of Shealtel, who was the final king of Judah, was Jehoiachin. Jeconiah was king in exile, and so was his son, Shealtel. And then Shealtel is the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was a governor appointed by Darius of Persia over Judea at the time of the return of the exiles, and he was the one who laid the cornerstone of the temple. And Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud. So we're getting to this Abiud person, and we have very little information about who that person is. And then, But he's the father of Iliakim. And so here's where we see that ark again coming back, that redemptive ark. Because what we get is that Iliakim, the son of Abiud, the grandson of Zerubbabel, Iliakim was the birth name of Jehoiakim, who preceded Jeconiah. His father was Joash. Joash, the father of Jehoiakim, was killed in battle with the king of Egypt. And so after that, then Jehoiakim, also known as Eliakim, more often, in fact, known as Eliakim, it was his birth name, and then when the king of Egypt put him into the role of vassal king, serving as king under the headship of the king of Egypt, he named him Jehoiakim. So he was not a good guy. So what we get is this Eliakim in the line of Jesus is part of the redemptive arc of this whole thing. You get this Jehoiakim slash Eliakim in the Old Testament in the line, and he's a bad guy. 
he would be in the line of Jesus as well. And then what we get is the redemption of that and this Eliakim who is in the line of Messiah. We don't know anything about him, but we see this idea of the redemption of these people. So these names come up a second time from the Old Testament into the genealogy of Jesus after the time of the return from Babylon. And then this Eliakim was then the father of someone named Azor. And and Azor is a variant of the word, the name Azariah. There were multiple Azariahs in the Old Testament. They were prophets, priests, and kings. One of these Azariahs was a prophet whose words inspired King Asa, who is also in, in that line up above, um, it was it says Asaph up there, but that's another way of saying Asa, because we, we know that because he's in that kingly line. It's easy to trace him. So that one Azariah was a prophet whose words inspired King Asa to take action to reform Israel and return it to the rightful worship of Yahweh. One was a high priest in the time of Solomon. He was a son of Zadok. You're going to know that name just again in a second, too. And Zadok was high priest during David's reign and also into Solomon's reign. So that Azariah was a high priest in the time of Solomon. One was the king that Isaiah was mourning at the beginning of Isaiah 6 when he sees the Lord high and lifted up the train of his robe filling the temple. And at the time when Isaiah was commissioned as a prophet, that Azariah was also known as Uzziah. So we get a prophet, a priest, and a king. Those three roles that Jesus played and plays, prophet, priest, and king. He portended and foretold what would come next. He spoke prophetically, prophetically about his death, prophetically about his resurrection, and then prophetically about the end times. He, he serves in the role of priest in the sense that the uh, Hebrews uh, writer says that he is the great high priest because he's the one who offered a sacrifice, which was the job of the priest, is to make sacrifices. Jesus offered his own sacrifice, the sacrifice of his own life, once offered. And then he's king in the sense that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so in this line, we come up to this Azor or Azariah, and there were Azariahs who were, both, who were, all, who were prophets, who were priests, and who were kings. And then Azor had a child. His name was Zadok. Remember that? I told you a minute ago. That Azariah, who was the priest, high priest during the time of Solomon, he replaced who? He replaced his father, Zadok. Here's the other way around. Azor has a son named Zadok. And he, so he was there, and he was descended. Zadok was the Zadok in the Old Testament, the one who was high priest during the time of David and also during the time of Solomon. He was a descendant from the line of Eliezer, who was the son of Aaron. He was the second high priest. We're going to see him again in a minute as well. He was, that Zadok was the high priest of Israel during the reigns of David and Solomon. He aided David during the revolution uh, revolt of his son Absalom, was subsequently instrumental in bringing Solomon to the throne and officiated at Solomon's coronation. When Solomon built the first temple in Jerusalem, Zadok was the first high priest to serve there. So that's this Zadok who is uh, here reversed before in the Old Testament. Zadok was the father of Azariah. Here we get Azor slash Azariah, who is the father of Zadok. 
And then Zadok had a child, and that son's name was Achim, A-C-H-I-M. And that's a shortened version of Jehoiakim, which is the, who was the king, was the birth name of, uh, his birth name was Eliakim, as I mentioned before. So Eliakim, Azor, Zadok, Achim. Here, it's, it's the reverse of the previous thing. So in the Old Testament, so it means God will establish, Akim does. Akim then had a son named Eliud, and Eliud means God is my praise. We don't know much about him except for he fathered a child, and that child was Eliezer, from whom Zadok was descended. He was the son of Aaron. He was the second high priest of Israel. Then Eliezer was the father of Matan. And Matan means gift. And then Matan had a son, and his name was Jacob. And then Jacob had a son named Joseph, who was the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. And see, you see the redemptive arc of these names from the past being brought into the present in inverted uh, order from the way they appear in the Old Testament. And so you get these guys, and it's working backwards towards who? Towards Jacob, who is Israel himself, who is the father of the 12 tribes. And that Jacob is the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Just like the other Jacob had a son named Joseph, who ended up being the redeemer of the family after he was sold into slavery in Egypt brings the family down, and saves them from the famine that they would otherwise have probably died in. So we get Jacob and Joseph, and everything comes full circle when we come back to Jesus, the Christ. It's an amazing thing, the way this genealogy works. Um, it's, It's phenomenally interesting, but it's something that we typically skip over. Um, but, but what it is, it's redeeming the entire line going all the way back to Jacob. It's a powerful statement, and, and Jacob needed some redemption because Jacob was the trickster. He, he's redeemed, in, his, in essence, in the wrestling match with the angel at the fort of the Jabbok when he gets a new name. He's the one who struggled with God and lives. And now what we get is that Jacob here has a son named Joseph, and Joseph is the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. Do you, do you see the difference here? We get Zadok, the father of Achim, Achim, the father of Eliud, Eliud, the father of Eliezer, Eliezer, the father, father of Matan, Matan, the father of Jacob, Jacob, the father of Joseph. But what we don't get is Joseph, the father of Jesus. Nope. What we get is Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born who is called Christ. He might have been husband, and he might have been the earthly father of Jesus, but Matthew's telling us something right here at the beginning of this, and that is is that he is not his biological father. That comes from another source. And now the story can properly begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.